to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. In this episode, Nick and Ann are talking with Dean Friday, CEO of Life Group, Europe's largest online cannabis clinic and direct-to-patient pharmacy ecosystem. Life is one of the better-known names in the UK with 60% of all active patients. Our hosts dive into the life business model with Dean and get an idea of how different the UK cannabis market is compared to its North American counterpart. They will also get really great insight into the overall European cannabis market, which is really heating up. So don't sit back, lean forward. Now on to our conversation with Dean Friday of Life Group. We are here with Dean Friday, the CEO of Life Group, um, and we are super excited to talk to Dean because we don't talk a lot about Europe and we don't talk a lot about European operators. So, um, I'm, Dean, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to get to know, uh, you know, what life is about. That's awesome. Awesome name, by the way. Um, can you can you let's just start with the basics. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself and on you know what Life Group does? Sure. Well, look, thanks very much, Anne and Nick, for having me on the on the show. I'm a, I'm a keen follower of the podcast, and so it's uh, it's great to be a part of it. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, look, my background is largely uh, in accounting and finance. So I started off, uh, I guess, in a in a in a firm in, in, at KPMG, and then moved uh, over to the UK and spent a couple of years in banking. And look, uh, my um, the, the, the main part of my career has been spent in the mining sector and with uh, various different tech businesses. So uh, I've been pretty fortunate. I've had a pretty uh, pretty cool, uh, worked for a number of cool companies and, and been through some kind of really exciting high growth kind of phases with various different businesses that I've been working for. for so, um, so yeah, look, that's prepared me uh, quite well for the cannabis sector because uh, that is exactly what the cannabis sector is. And and so let's uh, let's expand. What does Life Group do? What do you? How are you guys uh, operating out of the UK? Um, so look, we um, we operate. I guess we say we operate at the intersection of of, uh, of health tech and the cannabis sector. So we are uh, an end to end integrated business in the cannabis sector. We import, we manufacture, we provide patient care and direct to patient dispensary services. So this is all. Um, conducted under our digital platform, which consists of an online pharmacy named Dispensary Green, our telemedicine clinics, which are named the Medical Cannabis Clinics, and our accredited online education platform called the Academy of Medical Cannabis. So so we use telemedicine online pharmacy to connect doctors and patients so that medical cannabis can be quickly and easily incorporated into treatment protocols and to treat chronic conditions and and, uh, look and improve the quality of life for, for millions of people. And so, you know, you, you follow our podcast, you, you know it that we mainly speak to North American operators. We're talking to, um, you know, CEOs at MSOs or LPs. How is what life is doing, you know, similar or different than the way a North American company will operate? 
Um, look, um, good question. Look, we are a little different to the typical US MSO, um, but I guess this is principally based on the fact that we are a, a pure play medical cannabis business. Recreational use of, of cannabis is not yet legal in the UK or Europe. Um, but we're, we're a private company. It's not. Uh, or it's only very, very few in the uh, public businesses over here in uh, in in Europe, um, and we're not quite at the scale, obviously, uh, that the North American uh, counterparts or peers are. Um, so that's, I guess, the differences where we're a little similar to the MSOs is that we're operating over multiple European states, uh, each with their own distinct regulatory frameworks and, and, and environments. Can you, I guess, can you just talk a little bit about the, the, where, where, the UK is from a, from a legal standpoint. So it's only a medical market right now. Um, but you are able to, to import export, um, to, to the various States in the European union that, that allow it. Um, can you just give our listeners like a, where, like is, is recreational or adult use on, is it coming up? Are we, do we think that, that it'll happen soon? Um, or is this medical model here to stay? Look, I mean, it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen and, and come down the pipe in the coming years. Um, it, we're, we're focused ourselves on on, a, on being a pure play medical cannabis uh, business. Um, there is every chance that uh, from t- you know over the course of a, of a few years that uh, the different countries will go wreck uh, one by one. We um, uh, are there any in Europe? Are there any adult use in Europe? There are not. There, there is talk about a couple of different markets. Luxembourg and, and Switzerland are, are two markets, for example, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. are, uh, are talking about uh, permitting recreational use in, in their respective countries. Um, but at this point in time, um, there is no recreational market in Europe. So, Dean, you walked us through kind of the the main platform of it. And I want to start with, you know, talking about medical cannabis clinics and dispensary green and, and how you guys are working with patients. Like if somebody is looking to get medical cannabis, how do they use your guys' platform in order to do that? So we will uh, receive inquiries from uh, either patients that have been referred to us from GPs or other specialists, uh, or people will be self-referred, uh, will self-refer themselves to us. Uh, we will uh, register them through our, through our platform and uh, we'll take all the necessary details from, from those patients. We, will, we are required to, to source the, the patient care records of those patients from their GP or, or their specialist. Um, and, and then we, we go through the process of triaging uh, to ensure that, that medical cannabis is going to be appropriate for that person, that they don't have, uh, I guess, conditions that may uh, may re- respond poorly to medical cannabis, and that they've, uh, I guess, they've tried other treatments in advance of of of, of, uh, of coming us or coming to us to be uh, to be seen by a medical cannabis specialist, um, because obviously there's there's uh, prescribing protocols that are a um, uh, I set out in, in the UK to ensure setting, I guess, the rules and regulations around how and when uh, medical cannabis can be prescribed to a patient. Um, once that patient is um, being seen by a specialist and if medical cannabis is appropriate um, for them, then they'll receive a script and um, that script will either be um, processed by us or, or by, by an, another pharmacy. Um, it will, you know, there's rules around how scripts can be transmitted uh, in the UK. And um, those scripts, you know, assuming they're, they're 
they're processed and dispensed by Dispensary Green will be uh, received in a physical form and um, that product would then be dispensed and, uh, and sent directly to that patient's uh, home. Oh, that's convenient. Um, I have a question on, on actual products. Um, you know, we, between the, like the U S is a very, you know, um, especially I live in California and there is every type of cannabis product you could imagine. Um, in, in Canada, they're doing the, the 2.0 and 3.0 rollouts. I'm just wondering what the product landscape looks like in the UK. Is it flour? Is it tinctures? Is it, um, uh, bubble gum? I mean, I don't know. It's not bubble gum. It's not bubble gum. I know that, but <laughs> I don't. It's early. <laughs> We're not quite there yet, but um, but look, I, I mean, but cool product <laughs> idea for anyone that wants it. <laughs> look, I mean, ninety nine percent of products that we dispense will be either in tincture oil form or they'll be uh, they'll be flour. Um, there is, you know, there's green shoots. There's new products that are starting to enter the market. Um, new medical devices um, that are starting to enter the market. Um, but we're, we're not quite there yet. Um, I guess the, the doctors that we are, uh, we, you know, we have in the UK are just more comfortable with, you know, I guess, I guess initially getting comfortable with um, prescribing flowers and oils. Um, but look, I mean, there's, there's going to be a, a big uh, opportunity in the market for, for, for medical devices and, and more controlled um, types of, uh, you know, uh, products that, um, you know, I guess will deliver, I guess, more precise dosages. So, um, that, you know, the market landscape will change very soon. And, and um, look, as the medical community becomes more comfortable with the product, um, you know, we're going to start seeing some, some rapid change. And, and you know, we're seeing those doctors and, and, and the general market, uh, sorry, the general medical community becoming more uh, more comfortable with medical cannabis as a, as a, as a therapy on a, on a daily basis. Can you also talk about where you're sourcing this product from? Like, uh, I imagine that there's not too many grow houses in the UK or production units there. Are you guys getting this imported from, from Canada? Um, yeah, look, we're importing products from various different locations around the world. Um, there has been a limited supply of EU GMP product, which is the, I guess the regime under which it needs to be um, produced and manufactured um, to be permitted uh, to be imported into the UK. We're importing product from from various different countries, from Australia, from Israel, from from Canada, from uh, from uh, from I guess some uh, locations in Europe as well. Um, so look, we're always searching for for new and, and reliable suppliers because um, because uh, because yeah, it, yeah it, it is limited at the moment. But um, but the, the I guess suppliers and, and the availability of different products in the market is is uh, starting to start is starting to increase rapidly now, which is um, which is really exciting because it means um, I guess product well, the supply chain is going to become more reliable and and more stable, uh, which is really important for patients and patients' health. Um, the the cost of product is going to come down, which is going to mean that it's going to be, uh, I guess, more affordable in the hands of patients, which is again really important. Can we talk about the the business model in for life? Um, uh, that just makes me giggle. What's the business model for life? Um, and 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 I guess how does it differ from other players in the UK? 
Um, uh, you know, and, and let's just like, you know, we're a very, you know, US based Canadian based investors listen to this. So, um, you know, they may just not understand necessarily the, the, the landscape there. So I think answer that question with that in mind. Sure. Look, I mean, we, we're an integrated business in, in the sector. As I mentioned, we have a, um, I guess, a, a, a import slash manufacturer through the patient uh, business model. So we, we, uh, we look at operating across the entire vertical. Um, and we overlay that with, with technology. You know, the, the founders of the business and, and, and uh, I guess some of the key senior leadership uh, team have a, a strong uh, background in technology. And so that's, uh, that's where you feel comfortable in. And that's uh, where we see as being, uh, what we see as being one of our, our key strengths. And, uh, and what enables us to, to service our patients very well. Um, so, as I mentioned before, we, we operate under um, a, a digital platform. Um, how, how we differ from, I guess, what you'd see as uh, being the standard operating model of, a, of an MSO is, um, is that I guess we're, we're quite focused in our business model. We don't go up the value chain um, into, I guess, a, a lot cultivation or, or large scale manufacturing. But look, we're, we're very comfortable with that. We, even if we could, we, we don't really see the value in that in cultivation that is. Um, we see it as being, I guess, the, the end of the, of the value chain that is more likely to commoditize faster. Um, we don't touch CBD and wellness products, which again, again, it's by, by choice. We don't see a huge, um, well, we, we see that as being, again, a pretty hyper-competitive red ocean commoditizing marketplace. Um, so, we, so, again, we're focused uh, as a, a pure play medical business. Um, and look, we, we, we're focused on building direct-to-patient brands and, and direct-to-patient care, which is um, where we see the long-term value in the sector. I mean, if you think about the way the MSO model is, it's funky, right? Like, especially the vertically integrated States, um, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense. Like you don't look at like a Starbucks growing different beans in different States and processing the beans and roasting the beans. So it is, it is definitely funky, um, you know, a funky business model. So, um, I think it, it totally makes sense to, um, to, to pick a lane and, and stay in that lane and, and, and grow, um, you know, grow kind of with the industry. So, I mean, I think that, um, that, that, it just makes a lot of sense to me, especially given, um, you know, UK is a small place, um, you know, and, and you wouldn't survive if it was just the UK that you're serving. Um, I assume, uh, you know, that, you know, international expansion is, is probably pretty vital for you guys, right? Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, there's a, um, the UK market is pretty big. Um, you know, there's, I think, 65, 66 million people in the UK. Uh, but look, you know, we oh, certainly, you know what, I'm sorry. I, d yeah, I guess I was thinking that it was a lot smaller than that. So I stand corrected. <laughs> no, no, it is a, um, it is a big market and it's, um, it's, it's, uh, I think probably the third biggest market in, in, in Europe. Um, look, we see it as being the, the most, most attractive in the, in the pure play medical, um, uh, sector. We see the, the regulation as being quite stable and favorable, look, favorable to, to our business model. Um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty heavily heavily regulated uh, sector over here in the UK, um, and that's you know that's where we operate best. We operate very well in a in a in a, reg, in a heavily regulated market. Um, it provides us barriers to entry and and uh, and uh, means you've, you've got to be quite skilled and, and adept and um, uh, you know in in operating in this in this market successfully. Having said that, 
our, you know, we've developed and designed our go-to-market strategy to be very deployable in, in multiple different markets. And so, you know, we will, we will look, um, and, and, and we are looking um, quite aggressively into, into new markets, into to other big markets in, in, uh, in Europe, uh, specifically Switzerland, you know, Germany, Poland. Um, those markets are, I guess, some of the, the more developed and, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, medical cannabis uh, markets in Europe and, and also, uh, I guess, have a, um, uh, I guess, a, um, what do I want to say, a, a, um, uh, you know, very familiar regulatory regimes to, to what we're operating with uh, over here in the UK. Um, so, look, I mean, you know, we're, um, we're, we're operating extremely successfully over here in, in the UK. Um, you know, we, we've... Uh, you know, our business model and our go-to-market strategy over the over here in the UK, this integrated model, um, has proven to be very successful. We're seeing over sixty percent of all the active patients in the UK. Uh, we, wow. we, yeah, it's a f- phenomenal market share that we have uh, over here in the UK. How, can you expand? How do you, how do you achieve that? I mean, that sounds like any cannabis company would be jumping for joy over that. Like, what is it that you guys did that allowed you to? Grab that kind of market share. Look, I mean, I, I guess uh, it's several fold. Number one, we have uh, we were a first mover in in the sector. We essentially developed our our businesses and started to incubate our businesses in anticipation of uh, regulatory change here in the UK. You know, we had a, a pretty clear um, vision and, and view in terms of how that business model should be developed. Um, uh, you know, we, we developed a go-to-market strategy pretty early on. And look, at, you, know, uh, you know, part of it's luck, you know, but, uh, but I guess, you know, our vision or our view or a go-to-market strategy has proven to be very effective. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a, it's an extremely enviable position, um, to have, um, and, um, and yeah, look, I mean, we, we see that as being a, a fantastic platform for us to, um, you know, develop this, uh, you know, this, this brand concept that we've developed, uh, that we are developing in terms of, uh, um, you know, the UK slash Europe's leading cannabis clinics, uh, brand, as well as, uh, Europe's leading uh, cannabis dispensary brand, as well as, uh, you know, a, a leading medical cannabis product brand in uh, the UK and then also, uh, again, in Europe. You, you brought up uh, a little bit here, the regulatory landscape in the UK and, and most recently the, the, the challenges or the, the changes. You know, when we look at the, the US and Canadian markets, it seems like it could change week to week, month to month, that these, these regulations are, are constantly evolving. Is, is that the way it works? And the follow-up upon that, you know, what challenges currently that, that remain because of the regulations in the UK, would you like to see changed or do you think could be changed here, you know, um, relatively soon that may allow for better patient access or, doctor's education or something like that? Look, um, yeah, it's similar. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess the way I see Europe is it being a little bit slower moving and a little bit more conservative than, than perhaps the US and Canada. Um, and that's, I guess, been shown by the, the slightly slower progress or, or, or rate of change in the regulatory landscape in, in the respective countries or states and in, in Europe uh, in comparison to, 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 to our North American peers. Um, Look, we're very uh, look. We're very happy about how the, the landscape is at the moment. We've developed our model to to, uh, to operate very well in this regulatory landscape. 
Um, and it, it certainly provides us with uh, you know, great barriers to entry and, and, um, and you know, it's enabled us to take a, you know, a really significant share of, of, of the market over here in the UK. How would we like the legislation or regulatory framework to change over time? Look, um, you know, we see, uh, you know, we certainly plan and adapt and uh, prepare our business model for, you know, the, the key potential uh, deregulatory uh, events or, or, uh, or likely outcomes. Um, so, you know, we feel as though we're very... Uh, nimble and, and we will be able to 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 respond and uh and you know maintain and, and uh and perform very well in, in the different types of uh, i guess potential regulatory uh changes that may take place i guess in our country as well as other uh, states in, in europe um but look i mean it, it's everything is um you know the, the trajectory for regulatory changes is, is going to be i guess a gradual loosening of um of the regulations um in each respective state. And um, so I guess with that, um, and you know, coupled with you know, greater intelligence, uh, or sorry, I should say education and, and uh, understanding of the medical cannabis product and its therapeutic qualities, or we'll, um, we'll, we'll work towards a, a gradual um, and uh, you know, increase and uh, expansion of, of the market. And I guess that coupled with, uh, I guess, the, you know, the gradual reduction in terms of cost to the patient, again, will we'll, uh, we'll further increase and expand the, the market over here in Europe. I have a, a kind of a follow-up there, and I'm not sure you'll know the answer, but um, here, and I, and I just keep comparing it to here in the States because that's where I live and that's what I know. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> cannabis legalization um, from, from the medical side and from the adult use side is overwhelmingly popular um, on both sides of the aisle. As you know, we are a pretty polarized country, um, but both Democrats and Republicans can agree, um, you know, I, I think close to 70 percent for um, for uh, adult use and, and upwards of of 90 plus percent for medical use. Um, are you seeing the same kind of popularity uh, with with the UK population? Look, um, absolutely. I mean, there's been a, a, there was a very interesting poll that was conducted um, perhaps over a year ago now uh, by a group called YouGov over here in the UK. Um, and look, I, I point to that stat quite, quite often actually, because I, I see it as being a really good single sig signal um, of, I guess, the market acceptance of, of medical cannabis in the UK. And that, uh, I guess, the key finding in that poll was that there were 1.4 million people in the UK that were already consuming uh, cannabis that they were sourcing illegally to treat medical conditions. Uh, so that, I guess, signals to me that there's a, a huge... Um, acceptance and understanding uh, in the market already as to, as to its therapeutic value. Um, so from a, um, you know, from a general population point of view, uh, look, uh, you know, I see that the, the UK market is, is um, very progressive um, from that perspective. One thing we haven't touched on yet is uh, life is involved in project 2021 trial. This is a, from my understanding, a big deal in the UK, but it's not something that, you know, we hear about too much uh, on our end. Can you let us know what is Project 2021? Sure, yeah. Um, look, Project 2021 is, is Europe's largest patient registry. 
Um, it, its goal is to treat up to 20,000 patients in the UK over, I think it's a three or four year uh, program or three or four year um, timeframe. It's led by uh, the veteran campaigner, Professor David Nutt, um, who's a quite a well-known figure over here in the UK. And look, our Noidex product range is a, is a product that's been used in the trial. Uh, it's, uh, it's a groundbreaking study. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's expected to, to move the industry forward in the UK and, um, you know, by providing real-world evidence that, is, uh, that will give doctors and the British medical institutions and patients um, the data needed to competently adopt medical cannabis into, into mainstream usage in the UK. And so does this, is this like in an association with your Academy of Medical Cannabis, the online education that Life is doing, or is this a, a separate project? Look, I think most, if not all, the doctors that are prescribing under the uh, under Project 2021 have been educated by the Academy of Medical Cannabis. Um, it's not it's not directly linked um, to the to the 2021 program, but I guess that just talks to the uh, I guess the the popularity or the or the use of um, the number of doctors that have been uh, educated through the the Academy of Medical Cannabis. Yeah, I would imagine the more touch points that that you know companies like yours have with with doctors is only a good thing, right? Like having, you know, as much doctor education is just as important as patient education in this instance, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, we've, you know, we set up the Academy of Medical Cannabis as essentially, it was actually the first business that we established in our, in our group. And that's because I guess, you know, we saw, uh, we took learnings from Canada and from Australia and from the US as well and other and other legal markets uh, and you know we we're and we saw that in each of the development uh, with the development of each of those markets you know one of the first bottlenecks was doctors I mean uh, doctors uh, or medical cannabis and the, and the can endocannabinoid system the body's endocannabinoid system is um, not been taught in uh, in uh, I guess learning institutions and universities uh, in you know, around the world until very recently. And so establishing a, a, a path or, or, or a platform or an institution to, um, to be able to educate doctors on the endocannabinoid system and uh, I guess the therapeutic use and, and uh, you know, of medical cannabis is, you know, it was really important. So that was, um, that was, uh, that was the first business that we established. And, and it was actually uh, with Professor Mike Barnes, who was the first person to prescribe medical cannabis in the UK around about the time of the, I guess, the, the rescheduling of, of medical cannabis in 2018. 2018. Okay. So uh, let's talk 2021. Um, we're in March. Um, <laughs> we, we survived 2020. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're tired. No. Um, but can you talk about some of the, um, the the goals and objectives you guys have for for twenty twenty one? What do you hope to see? Look, um, we we see number one, an ongoing and, and rapid expansion in the UK market. You know, we we see from uh, I guess the the growth in patients you know within our own business as well as um, you know across the the industry generally that uh, the UK is is now hitting a you know, breakout phase. It's really starting to increase um, exponentially. Uh, Where, as I mentioned before, we've got a, an enviable um, market share in in the UK market, and uh, you know we're certainly going to look to to maintain that as as the market grows. Um, you know we, we've uh, you know I guess 
this goes hand in hand, I guess, with, with our goal to um, to develop the most recognised clinics and pharmacy brands in in the UK market. Um, and I guess number two, uh, international development. As I as I touched on before, international development is a is a key focus of our business. You know, we will be uh, looking to to deploy our business model into into new markets uh, later in the year. Thank you so much, Dean. It's been um, an absolute pleasure to have you on um, and good luck. We're excited to see where life takes you. Do you see what I did there? You see what I did there? Yeah. A special thanks to Dean Friday, CEO of Life Group in the UK. You can check them out at www.lifegroup.com. As always, thanks for listening to The Green Rush. If you want to chat with Anne or I, you can find us on Twitter with the handle at the underscore Green Rush or on Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast. Drop us an email at the Green Rush at KCSA.com. Uh, we're always looking for feedback, guest ideas, you know, topics you want us to cover. Don't be afraid. Hit us up. We love getting fan mail. And don't forget to f- subscribe to the Green Rush newsletter and to us in your favorite podcatcher. That is one take, Shay. One take.